rest of us, Psalm 139. Last week, I began a series that is, I'm going to title, Being in Awe of God. And that's something we all need to do. To realize and understand who it is that we stand before and walk with each and every day. And it is the God of all creation. And we want to give him praise and be in awe of him. Last week, we talked about what do you know about God. And we called it that because the reality is what you know about him, what trust you um, put in him, will be revealed when you get into trouble. What people know about God at any given moment may be this or that. But when the different challenges of life come, what God means to you and how much we trust in him is revealed. So today, I want to talk about what does God know about you? Now, it would seem on the surface this is a simple question to ask. He knows everything. But do we truly understand the depth, the complexity, the intricacy of how God moves in his knowledge of us? We live in a time where, there, where it seems everyone is searching to know themselves, to better understand who they truly are and be able to live based on that knowledge. You see all kinds of personality tests and assessments. I remember one that was take, I, I, I participated in had to be almost 15, 20 years ago where the different personality types were labeled as different animals. There was a lion, there was a beaver, there was an otter, and there was a golden retriever. I can't remember for the life of me what they were, or what each one meant. All I remember is that I wound up being a golden retriever. Okay. But we do these things because we want to understand in more depth who are we. What groups do I belong with? And based on that, we tend to think, well, if I'm comfortable hanging with this group and what it is that they believe, then I'm going to hang out with them. Or maybe it's this group over here that I'm more comfortable in hanging with their ideology. Perhaps we think our identity is our family background, is our heritage. We measure who we are by so many different things, but the the real way, the only reality of knowing who we truly are is first by knowing who created us. By coming into a relationship with the one who formed you, with the one who created you, with the one who crafted you. That is the best and most efficient way of being able to understand who we are. Only God can tell you who you are at the deepest levels because he made you. Only God can give you the insight about not only how you were formed, but why. Only God can give you that ultimate truth about you. Why is this true? Because God has revealed himself in the pages of Scripture and has told us that each one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. And as I have mentioned last week, while we can't know God completely because he's really big, he's so vast, while we can't know him completely, we can know him confidently in a relationship with him. We can be sure that the one we are in relationship with in is not just a mystic force. It is the one true God. 
So let's read in Psalm 139. I'm going to begin in verse number one. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Go down to verse number 17. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Our God knows you. He knows you. We learn many things from this Psalm 139. We learn, basically, I'm going to focus on three of them. That our God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. You can't go anywhere and take a break from God. You can't go someplace. Well, I'll hang out here and then I'll come back to God at some other point. He is everywhere. He's also omni, omnipotent. He is all-powerful. When we look to have something done in our lives or be able to move to some place in our lives and we wonder if we have the strength, if we have the ability, if we have the power, we may or may not, but we know one thing. Our God is all-powerful. There isn't any situation that is above him. There isn't anything that's beyond his reach. And the last one is that our God is omniscient. He knows everything. Did you ever meet somebody who they gave you the impression that they thought they knew everything? Don't look to your left or right. Don't, don't do that. But there's something to, about that phrase, knows everything, that we sometimes miss, I believe, especially as Christians, with God. Not only does he know everything, that means he understands everything. He knows and understands everything about you. God knows you physically. Verses 2 and 3 said, you know when I sit and when I rise. You are familiar with all my ways. God knows what you deal with physically. God knows what ails you. God knows what fears you deal with. God knows what confuses you. He knows the different things that we in these mortal bodies, these frail vessels of clay, what we deal with. God is aware of everything that will touch your life physically. And his word, the Holy Bible, addresses that we as men and women, he created us, he formed us. Now, our culture does not define you. God defines you because he made you. Our American culture did not create you. God did. What's popular thinking for the moment is not what defines you and me physically. It's what God says. The things we feel don't define. Because the reality is, I could feel one thing today and another thing tomorrow. Only Jesus can define who you are because it is only Jesus as part of the Godhead who created you. He knows how you were formed. He knows why you were formed, and he knows what purpose he has designed for you. I heard it said once, and it was a wonderful uh, thing, uh, a saying, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born 
and the day you realize why. And that is in a relationship and in a conversation with God Almighty. God knows you physically. God knows you mentally. The second part of verse 2, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Have you ever been with someone who thought that you were a mind reader? Come on, guys, say amen. That someone really expected you to know not just based on behavior or basically your familiar traits and patterns of behavior, but really expected you to know at that one moment in time, you should know what I'm thinking. Hmm. It don't work that way. Whenever one, anyone says, do you know what someone is thinking, I always respond the same way. Sorry, I left my crystal ball at home. But God knows what you're thinking. He knows your thoughts afar off, even before they form in your mind so that you're aware of them. And before any word leaves your mouth, God knows it. That's why I often say, Lord, why didn't you stop me? <laughs> you knew what was coming out, and you knew how dumb and foolish it was going to be. Why didn't you stop me? And he knows every emotion, every concern, everything you're dealing with, everything about the day you're in, about the recent future as far as what's coming up in the next couple of days or weeks. And he knows what's afar off. He knows what's going to be dealing in your life in years to come. And he's there to be a comfort. He's there to bring you peace. God knows your actions. But he also knows those innermost places that we don't share with very many. So God knows you physically. God knows you mentally. And this is the part that either can make you happy or can frighten you. God knows your future. Matthew chapter 6, I begin reading in verse number 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they will receive their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father in heaven who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. And here's the point. For your God, your Father, knows what you have need of, even before you ask. Aren't you glad about that? Before you even ask, he knows what you have need of. And since God knows you completely, since because he formed you and because he knows what purpose he made you for, he knows your future. He knows what's going to come in your life. He knows where you can shine, where your best abilities can be applied. He knows where you can be the greatest witness for him. And, and this is the part we need to be honest with ourselves about. He knows where you're weakest. He knows where you shouldn't be going. He knows where this is not the best situation for you to grow and shine in. Psalm 147, verse 5, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding 
has no limit. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because many would feel uncomfortable raising their hands, even though this is true for everybody, so I don't want you lying to me. Um, but have you ever felt or been in a moment where you felt no one understood you? Everybody does. We all go through that, especially during that wonderful, magical time and season in everyone's life called teenage years. Or maybe today, who knows? But someone does understand you. He understands you better than any other person can. And here's the reality. To me, here's the joy. He understands you better than you do. He knows you better than you do. He appreciates you more than you do. He loves you so deeply. And all that God is, all that makes him so wonderful, so available to you now, he's also in your future. And for some, anyone knowing everything about them can scare them. I don't want everyone to know everything about me. Because we've come to this place in our culture that if everyone knew everything about me, they would walk away. We tend to think that if everyone knew everything, all the dark secrets, all the missteps, all the poor decisions, that if everyone knew everything, they would walk away. God will never leave you. God will never walk away from you. And he knows everything anyway. That is a joy. People think the more we know about someone, the less we're likely to look up to them. And our culture has fostered some of that, this so-called cancel culture. The more people find out, the less they tend to look at someone, as if they want to envision that the people they look up to are somehow perfect. Let me burst some balloons here today. Nobody is perfect. Every single person you look up to is a mess, is a complete and total mess. And what they're showing you is just one side. But with God, we know that no matter what's going on inside, no matter what mistakes we've made, no matter what mistakes we continue to make, he loves us, he understands us, and he's not going anywhere. God knows everything about me, and he still loves me deeply. God knows everything about you, and he still wants a relationship with you. God knows everything about you, about every poor choice. And he still chose so long ago to die for you, to make a savior opportunity for you. That is why if you're looking to know yourself better, it's not in the latest personality assessment. It's not in the latest self-help group. They can have their value. But truly knowing yourself better is getting in touch with the one who created you, getting closer to the one who formed you in his love. Going to the end of Psalm 139. Since God is the one who knows you, since he is the one who forms you, if we want to get to know ourselves better, here's where we should land. Verse 23. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You are not the sum total or defined by your heritage. How many times have I heard someone say to me, 
as they blow off steam or they go off at the handle and they just lose it completely and the answer is but you don't understand pastor i'm and pick your ethnic group i've heard it said but you don't understand i'm italian you don't understand i'm hispanic you don't understand i'm irish what i understand is that you're human and everybody seems to have a problem with temper you are not defined by your heritage. You are not defined by your gender. You are not defined either by how our culture today is doing its best to try and rearrange what that word means. You are not defined by your family. Even those of you who have an, a wonderful, completely functional, no problems, no issues whatsoever family. And if you're one of those, I'd really like to meet you. And this is the most important part, and this, I think what we struggle with the most. You are not defined by what other people say about you. You're not. Yes, words can hurt, and they can stay in our minds for a long time, but you're not what others say about you because nobody else who talks to you created you. God created you. And what he says about you is what matters. And he says you're precious. He says you're special. He says you're the apple of his eye. He says he wants a relationship with you. He says it was worth dying for you. That's how God in heaven, when he looks at you, that's what he thinks. You are not defined by our society or what they proclaim about in any areas of life. You are not defined by a political party. You are not defined by this ideology or that ideology. I really do agree with how many of these different viewpoints are being framed today. Not just different groups. They're being called tribes. Because that's essentially what they are. You become part of this tribe. And whatever the tribe says, we go along with. Well, if I'm going to be part of a tribe, the head of my tribe is Jesus Christ. And that's what matters. Not what's on the news. You know, this past week, it was one day this week, I sat down and I was up late uncharacteristically and I had the TV on and I was watching the 11 o'clock news. And it dawned on me as the news started, it has been maybe six or seven, maybe even eight months since I've watched the 11 o'clock news. And it took about five minutes to remind me of why I don't watch the 11 o'clock news. And it wasn't just the stories that they put... Uh, uh, that they picked to provide, but just hearing the undercurrents and the tone and the mindsets about life. No, I believe that there are things around us that need to change. There are so many messes, and I can relate them to not following scripture. But the truth is, God has said he loves me, and he loves you, and he loves the people you can't stand. So God is loving, and he wants a relationship with people. It doesn't matter what society approves of. It doesn't matter what society disapproves of. I was asked recently, what are you going to do if the culture keeps changing and going in the direction it does and they start labeling some of the things you preach from the pulpit in your church as hate speech, which they already have, and start making it illegal to say those things? And I, and I told the person, without even hesitating to breathe, bring the cuffs now. 
because I'm going to continue to preach the word of God as it is in the word of God. I will stand on his truth. Now, I'm not looking to hurt anyone. I'm not looking to offend anybody. But understand, I'm the messenger. The message comes from God. If you have a problem with what's in the Bible, talk to the author. Don't blame it on me. It doesn't matter what this, where the society goes. It only matters to me what God approves of. He doesn't approve of everything we do or the lies we embrace. He doesn't approve of the way we treat others sometimes. But even with all the mistakes in our lives, even with all the places, even we as Christians, and those of us who've been Christians for many years, who still have areas of our life that, be, that can accurately be labeled a mess. At, our, at your core, at the very basic, deep level of who you are, he loves you. He created you. He formed you. And he wants you to know who you are, and that's going to require seeking a relationship with him. It's not going to happen. Well, I'll find out who I am if I find that right person for me. Finding that person for you is a wonderful thing, but it's not who you are because that person you're going to find didn't create you. Jesus did. And that's how we know ourselves better. What does God know about us? Everything we need to know about us. And that will always be true. Many of these other assessments can provide some insight, but ultimately they've got to lead you back to the word of God, where God says a whole lot more positive things about you than what some might call critical or corrective things. He loves you. You are loved. You are special. And we all want to seek him so we can get the answers to some questions we've wondered about for a long time. Why am I the way I am? Why is it that when I go near a roller coaster, I see nothing but evil? Why am I the way I am? Why is it when I see a large bowl of vanilla ice cream, I hear angels? singing heavenly things. Why am I the way I am? And why is it only when I see vanilla ice cream? Why am I the way I am? Why did, when my family years ago go to Hershey, Pennsylvania, the chocolate capital of the world, and they're all ordering chocolate, and I order a vanilla ice cream cone? Well, I know why I did that. It's because they had it there. And I figured it was hardly ever used. But these are some of the little things. But we have deep questions about who we are. Why do I think this way? Why, does, why do some things hurt more than others? Why does some things get me angry? Why do they just get me stirred? We want to know these answers. And I have a suggestion. Go to the one who formed you. Go to the one who created you. Go to the one who set your life on a course and he wants to be in that life in a loving, clear relationship. That is the God we serve. Stand with me, please.